Hello, this is Grace Hayes, and you're listening to Up in the Mix. Welcome to another edition of Up in the Mix, coming to you hot from the honeycomb hideout. This is Sean, a.k.a. The Truth, a.k.a. The Super Nicest, a.k.a. The Anar, Mr. R, a.k.a. Not the Black Dude You Thought I Was. This is Caesar, a.k.a. De La Foto, your favorite neighborhood Mexican, Ernesto, Captain Culo, Coach, Mr. Brunch, the local, also that poppy with the dad body, the brown man in the yacht club. How the fuck did he get here? El Hombre de la Gente, the habitual line crosser, the honey badger, the fucking baby whisperer, and tracksuit poppy. And we are back this week with a fresh episode um yeah it feels like it's been a while but it hasn't it's just been one week right one week yeah we did a couple ourselves um you know to get you know because it's good just to just us to reconnecting with our roots mm-hmm, the synergy and it's always good uh but it's always also better when you have guests too you know yeah just a different balance how was your how was your week no no overtime this week right? no overtime this week i had other priorities to do uh, like salute to Jake, Jake from State Farm, you know, <laughs> uh, our old uh, uh, fact checker. He is part of the Reno Young, uh, the Reno Young Business Network here in town, and they had their nonprofit night, and they had it at the Automobile Museum, and I was the photographer, and it was just good seeing everyone get there and connect and try to do different things to help out different nonprofits around the city. Nice. So that was good. And then Thursday, was it Thursday? Yeah, Thursday, I got a call from, you know, Ryan uh, if I wanted to shoot some more photos for the biggest little uh, fashion truck. Every last Thursday of the month at the Alpine, they have like a little get together. Um, a bunch of, you know, women and their uh, businesses, women owned businesses in the Alpine. So it's a really big space. There was like a little Volkswagen. This I saw uh, the picture. That was that was t- yeah, pretty tight. Yeah, and there was just a lot of people there, and it's good to see the community of women get together and support each other, you know? Just, you know, like, like we all should be doing with each other. Women, guys, you know, it doesn't matter what color, but it's always good to see uh, people like that come together. Nice. And it was fantastic. It was fun. Ryan was DJing, you know, playing the cuts like usual, and, you know, I'm just, you know, cruising around, shooting some photos. And it was a good time for a couple hours. So it's every last Thursday of the month. A salutes to DJ Ryan because he he was kind of the connect for that show with uh, with uh, Rob and Bamboo or Bamboo and all of them that came up here from Vegas. Yeah, exact connection to uh, the Alpine and stuff. But we're all you know old men trying to you know do our thing still. Exactly. So, mm-hmm. How was your week? It was good. Uh, you know things are slowing down. The school year's almost over. Um, starting to like plan out next school year i had my training for my summer job up at unr mm-hmm. so that was cool um like went over how the class is going to look and i have like a teaching assistant and it's cool because she's in school she's in college right now to be a a teacher so that's cool and then one of the other guys i'm working with just graduated and he has like his own media company so it's good Ooh, to make that connection nice. yeah and uh upward bound you know it's it's just cool because like it's uh it targets you know kids who are first generation college students so 
hopefully, and I like they put me on the, the group that I have kids from Hug in North Valley, so hopefully I have some former students in my class, so that'll be cool. And, um, you know, just looking forward to the end of the year and summertime. How many former students do you see on a weekly basis? Um, I mean, during COVID, it's been slow. But on a regular. But normally, like... like I don't know, once, like a couple times a month, you know, and sometimes a lot, just depending on the events and, and stuff. Where, you know, how much I'm out and about. And yeah, it's it, like they hit me up all, like on, on the Internet all, all the time. <laughs> like this girl, one, a former student, she hit me up like to interview me for some project she was doing for school mm-hmm. last week. So that was cool. Yeah, no, like it's it's always good because you always bring it up because you've been teaching for so long now that you know these kids are young adults and and they always go do you like i don't know if you'll remember me i'm like (laughs) of course i do yeah like i remember you yeah i mean like (laughs) i accepted your friend request (laughs) on social media you know it's different because they probably accept any requests because they're young but they just want more more clout (laughs) exactly but uh let's move on and introduce our guests We're, we're back this week with two esteemed guests who are we were playing, you know, the intro song, and you know, we said it's superhero music, and and these two gentlemen are superheroes within our community. Yes, yes. Like to see what they're doing. Uh, known uh, Don for a little bit longer. Just met Romar, but welcome uh, the the gentleman from Black Wall Street, Reno, Don and Romar. Welcome, guys. Appreciate Thank you for having us. Appreciate Thank you. you. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. So uh, we're gonna dive right into. We have a question of the week, and this one because. It's been a controversy lately, and it's been out there, and people have been talking about it. So this week's question, is America a racist country? Without a doubt. (laughs) Without a doubt. It's not sugar-coated. Without a doubt. You know, we all know what what this nation was built on, founded upon. Mm -hmm. The fact that, that, you know, people have to debate this still. It's like, my question's always like, all right, if you say no, when did it, when did it stop being a racist country? Right. Tell right, me tell yeah. me the year. Like, yeah. What was that date that we celebrated, or was there was there a ceremony when it ended? Because it's a lot of delusional people out there as well, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Figured you guys would have a similar answer to, yeah. to how we felt, mm-hmm. but uh, it just that was you know, people were like mad because uh, Kamala Harris said something about it, or Biden. Someone's like racist, and then they had to like defend it like. Okay, like <laughs> that's when you know. That's when you know the state is strong. You yeah. know, yeah. just still holding to the people. Yeah, you know? the people are waking up. You yeah, know? you know, it's just people need to do other things other than you know what the government usually tells you sometimes. Yeah. You know, because because also for the longest time there never have been UFOs, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Until all of a sudden, boom! Magically, they appear. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I was no one. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen Independence Day. <laughs> I've seen Will knock one out. But uh. Speaking of power to the people, just right off the bat, tell tell the people what is Black Wall Street Reno. Black Wall Street Reno is a blueprint of what Black Wall Street was in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and what we're doing here in Black Wall Street Reno is bringing building leaders. They gave us the blueprint. We're going to build leaders here. We hosting financial classes, real estate classes, parenting classes, peer support classes, stop the bleed classes. The list goes on. And we are the superhero that's not hidden on TV. You can come see us in real life at 351 South Wales <laughs> <laughs> and participate. You yeah. Know. Superheroes out in the streets. Yeah. Yeah. Boosting the ground. The grassroots. You know, that solid foundation. 
how did the concept come up? Like, how, what inspired you guys to start this? Well, we came together with, uh, he was already doing some community outreach. Uh, me, myself, I was, you know, involved in a couple little projects I was working on. At the same time, I was collecting a lot of books. Um, we came together with a couple little business meetings, uh, kind of seeing that, you know, it was time to take initiative on something. And uh, we came together with a plan and uh, made it happen. Black Wall Street, there it was. Like you <laughs> said, it didn't have to reinvent the wheel, you know what I mean? Just try to get back to what was already established. You guys make it sound so simple. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't that easy. Yeah. Like, you guys are just like, oh, we thought this like, up, have, have and a, boom, it happened. I'm sure a, there was some struggle. Have a couple, couple, couple yeah, cup of coffee. That's like, what, yeah. you, know, like, you know, we want to hear because, you know, people people need to know it get doesn't, intimidated yeah. by, you know, you guys are doing a lot and pe people just need to know that it's not impossible. So no, walk no. us through that process. How did it go? From, like, you know, what are some of the challenges you had to un overcome in doing this? Um, Well, like. I like it because he just said, hey, you know what, I just I just rented a, a building. And I'm, say less. <laughs> you know, when you say you're doing something and it's in motion, we wasn't sitting there talking about yeah. it. Something sparked the flame in him when somebody said, you know what, I'm tired of talking about it. And that initiated him to say, you know what, you won't belittle me like this no more. Yeah. Next time you see me, it's going to be it's gonna be done. And that set the wave in motion. So I jumped on his wave and we just came <laughs> together like, hey, let's do it. And it has been nonstop ever since. Everything mm -hmm. we have a meeting, let's do this. Yes. Let's fill the calendar up. Mm -hmm. And it hasn't filled. So my biggest go do it. Like Nike. You know, don't watch <laughs> it. Go do it. Yeah. You know, go do it. For real, for real. Wow. But yeah, it was at a time, you know, where everybody was marching, the Black Lives Matter, you know, type of movement. Mm -hmm. And uh we know our life matter. You know what I mean? We we ain't gotta prove nothing to nobody except to ourselves. So at that point in time, it was a way to kind of channel the energy and, and do something positive and constructive. Wasn't really with the marching and protesting and all that, even though that is needed. Yeah. Um, but everybody got a position to play. So we kind of took the initiative on, on building. You know what I mean? Got to get in where you fit in. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I like that. That's, it's what's needed. You know, the, the people, it's hard to, to see and be like, what can I do as a person? And sometimes it just starts with deciding to, to do something. Right. You guys, are, right. you guys are helping to promote that. Um, so what is your guys' background? How did you guys meet? At the gym, crossing paths. Uh, <laughs> I see him in his little zone at the gym as well as I'm trying to get myself together. And uh, at that point in time, I was doing like this little MLM, little traveling company thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I reached out to him to come check out what we had going on. And uh, kind of went from there, you know what I mean? That's that's where we started at. Mine's is that uh, I had just gotten becoming sober. I just celebrated four years on May 21st. Congratulations. And before that, I was just an addict, a criminal, <laughs> actually. <laughs> you know, and that's what I was doing. I walked around this earth for 23 years out of 41 trying to find my purpose. And... Uh, my my transformation coming out of that coma of addiction led me to the gym where I met this young man and he did invite me to a couple of business meetings and at that time I was doing New Generation Dare which brings the uh, awareness of uh, youth addiction and homelessness and uh, poetry at the Highland Project where I met this young man mm -hmm. right here and then everything just started coming into a snowball and like just started going with it you know God started opening the doors and started walking through them. 
Yeah, I, I remember you sharing your poems and, and just to see how far you've come. I mean, it's crazy, you know, yeah. like I, you're just seeing you out you know, coming and, and coming to the open mics and, and sharing your, your journey and your struggle then to what you guys have accomplished, what you've accomplished since then. You know, it has to give you a sense of pride and just it does give you it confidence does. moving forward. Yeah, yeah. It opens doors and it brought me among kings, you know, like. I couldn't, if you would have told me this seven years ago, I wouldn't have believed it. Like, nah, I don't think so. I don't think nobody going to look up to me or I'm going to look up to them. So I was just attracted in addiction, and that's where I see our youth at right now. And I'm, that's where I'm trying to come and unite with like-minded people and stop what we seeing out here. And that's the overdosing, the suicides, and just out not having a purpose. Huh. You know, that's been a lot in the news lately with uh, the city, especially with the new the campus they're opening up for homelessness. How have you uh, I know you've been uh, trying to get certain voices heard. How's that been just getting more involved and trying to help out these these people who don't have a voice? Well, I see it from both sides because uh, I work with. Outreach uh, throughout the city, and I and I try to help these people get into well care, other facility behavior help, or even help them with the housing and getting whatever they need. I, I do, but I also see that uh, it's like sweeping the problem up under the rug. I went to go view the Cares campus. I don't care too much for how the setting is. It's it's like there's no structure there yet. You know, I still see some people that's camped outside of the building like they don't want to lose their possessions. So we still have a lot of work to do because we got to help these people find a sense of purpose right now. We're not dealing with lost people. We're dealing with lost souls and some people sold their souls. So we got to go to the pawn shop and, and, and buy their souls back, give it to them and, yeah. and tell them. what And level the, it up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to pay some of these debts back to mm -hmm. society. You know, yeah. we got to start with our people. Yeah, and, like, I just see it all the time, and, like, um, you know, like, and I work for, like, the community and stuff like that as well, and it's just, like, a lot of just being swept under the rug, they try to hide it from all these tech and investor people coming into town, but it's something that needs to be, if we take care of it and help our people, we'll grow as a community, Yeah, and it'll be even stronger and better. And you see it, Caesar, from the side of, like, what's out there for official assistance, and, mm -hmm. you know, it's hearing the stories of people trying to get help and there's just not it's not enough or it's super hard to like get through these barriers mm -hmm. you know and there shouldn't be this much of a struggle or you know because there's a thin line between there's some people that they work hard and stuff like that and they're still underneath the poverty line mm -hmm. no matter how hard they work no matter how much jobs they get but they're still underneath but then when they get services they're not working. They're more with their family and still under that same poverty line. So yeah, there's they, no escape. There's I, no escape. I've I, I seen a person, we get housing. We walk into the housing. Mm -hmm. He's had a tent built up in there. Like, uh, you got a room. But yeah. it's just like, okay, you didn't take me off this river. I've been there for four years. You put me in a room. I don't know what to do now. Yeah. And then everybody mm -hmm. I know is still out there. So it's like, we got to re, uh, rewire the mind a lot, mm -hmm. you know. Because, like, being out there in the street, it just takes an effect on, on the yeah. mind, on the soul. Survival mode. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a different mentality. When you give them a little bit, they're just, they're lost. Mm -hmm. Because they don't know anything else sometimes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, the, you know, the way people, I, the thing that's crazy to me is the way people look at those people. Mm -hmm. Like, they're mm -hmm. they're not 
human. Like when I taught, I taught at my old school, we always, I did a whole thing on poverty and then a whole subsection just on homelessness and just seeing, cause I think you got to teach people young that those people are, are people too. It's not just right, like right. you don't walk by them and just not think, acknowledge ignore them. them. Yeah. Their existence. And I think it's so easy to do that. And it's a constant struggle not to, because it's a reminder of how unfair mm-hmm. our society is. But we got to be honest and like, that was what I, you know, I would show them a documentary and just show like interviews with, with actual people who are on the street because they need to see that and see that, you know, it, those people aren't, they're just regular people like everyone else. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like they're bad or like, I think people try and make it seem like they deserve that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. I think it's. And impl- it's like their fault or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they don't want to take you know, a little bit of responsibility for it. And, mm-hmm. and then they, they have to vote, you know, for people who are going to make real change and support these people. I think mm-hmm. by the time everything is built up, it's going to be too late. It's happening right in front of us. Mm-hmm. You know, the regentrification, everything, the moving of the people is just either you conform or you, you get swept out, out the way. And by the time all these buildings are erect and they remodel all the Harris and everything, the people that are still at that bottom, they're going to have so much to come back up to. And it's going to be so hard. It is. Yeah, it's hard yeah. right now. And I'm at an all right position in life. And <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, you raise the rent another hundred bucks. Yeah. I might have to pitch a tent. Yeah. You know, so. No, and like in San Francisco, an example where like, uh, especially with all the gentrification and the rising rent and stuff, people were still having jobs but were homeless mm-hmm. because they couldn't afford it. And it was, it was nothing. They tried their best, and they just couldn't afford to live in that city anymore. Then they, they didn't have money. Car, right, yeah, yeah right. people living in their cars because, you know, they, they still work and everything. They just can't afford. And that's just someone, you know, this, this isn't a new problem, Lorena, and it's getting mm. only getting worse and yeah. worse and worse where it's, you had all these places where these people were living and they're gone. Like, what do you expect to happen? Mm-hmm. You know, like it's, they're not building anything or they're not replacing these, these, these places. Man, with Reno has a lot of resources. They Reno does have a lot of resources. It's just how you choose to use them. Yes. Right. Like we're not, right. we're not choosing to use them in the correct way and allocating them to the people who need it most. Like it right. just, you know, every time one of these developments or something downtown happens and people are mm-hmm. celebrating it, and I'm like, who is this benefiting? Mm-hmm. Like, I think the the mental health part really has to be addressed, and oh, that definitely. is really mm-hmm. overlooked. You know, you got 22-year-olds that's really out there just on a different energy vibration talking to themselves. Like, you got to, I hope it's God you're talking to. I don't like, knock what you're yeah. doing, but you know what I mean? Who yeah. you answering to? But it's just that I'm out there every day. Like, I'm not just, hey, I'm out there once a month and look good for the cameras. I'm out there every day helping these people. I go find the ones that need help. They don't come to me, yeah. you know? So it's like, okay. But at the same time, I, I have to look at it from both sides. When you ask twenty a group of twenty people, which one do you really want to help? Maybe one out of that twenty, it's but we still yeah. stuck in that addiction part. Mm-hmm. We still battling yeah, yeah. with something. It's not that we don't want it; we just don't know how to get it. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like it's not a simple problem to solve. But I think doing these like bare minimum things and then like patting each other on the back like you solved them does mm-hmm. not help. It's band aid yeah. on a broke leg. Mm-hmm. It really is. It really is. And it just, you know, I constantly see these people celebrating this stuff and touting how much money is being spent. But I'm like, what impact are you really mm-hmm. having? Mm-hmm. Like, like, you, like you said, it's not being allocated to the people. 
that, that need it. Yeah, because it's just like even the average person in Reno is having a really tough time. Mm-hmm. That isn't like, you know, coming from another state because of work or anything like that. But the average blue collar people from here, it's a struggle to even, you know, make rent to like get a new place or anything like that. And just imagine. So this is a, a what I see a lot is that these people are living off of seven hundred dollars a month. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's almost a little. Oh, I got. I make more than that just on one of my paychecks. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like, how are you actually living on your Social Security like mm-hmm. this? So now you got to take two people that don't want to be with each other, that's still struggling with addiction, and put them together. Put together. them together, mm-hmm. and try to hopefully make sure that they can make it. Yeah. You know. So that's why you <laughs> see what you see. Yeah. You know. So and they'd rather take that little. 700 and keep their pocket instead mm-hmm. of pay some rent to keep mm-hmm. something over their head. Yep. You know what I mean? Like you said, once you're in that survival mode, you got to make right. those mm-hmm. sacrifices or just those those decisions. It's like, what's going to get you through your existence? Hmm. You know, like yeah. you're going to live in an empty apartment and be miserable and with no just, food. With, yeah. yeah, like no hope. Like, it's mm-hmm. just, it's in, you know, the saddest thing is people, this is. Like, there's kids. Like, I have students that are living like this that are homeless mm. or just... Mm. And you see, it's it's like, what chance do they have? You know, it's like hopelessness. When they're, you know, 13 or 14 and they're living out of a car because their parents lost their job or something, like, what does that kid's future look... You know, what, how much future does that kid really have? Because there's only so much like we can do when they you know they're wor- they're not worried about coming to school every day no. and even if they do manage to get there they're not focused on learning you know like they're still in that survival mode right the clothes right. may be dirty that's why i was speaking Stomach about empty. trying to get some wash machines in there you know what i mean to the schools hey mm-hmm. some of them you know wash their clothes nobody wants to be the stinky kid yeah. in class you know so and then i also look at what we said as an example i have never seen so many People walking around with looking just for a charger or a boom box, mm-hmm. and that is their daily life just on a bike with a loud speaker, listen to music. Yeah, like you're not doing nothing but looking for a phone in a charger mm-hmm. or a food in a charger. Yeah. Like, where are we losing our children at? And while we it has to start at home, and then once you get to the streets, is this is what I see mm-hmm. the bus stop, tent city, you got 22 year olds. I'm like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, where probably is even younger. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah younger. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's younger. And I'm like, what happened? Where are we losing? Mm-hmm. Man, Reno's not that big for you to lose a child. That's man. the thing. Yeah. Like, this problem, if you, you know, for how small Reno is, it's such a huge problem. And if we don't do something now, it's we're, it's going to end up like L.A. Mm-hmm. or San Francisco, where you mm-hmm. just have, you know, blocks dedicated, bl- blocks to them. of just people who so society has forgotten living. Mm-hmm. You know, like no no person should yeah. mm-hmm. have to. And I feel like the average person who doesn't recognize the that portion of society as people, they're like, oh, why don't they just like put themselves up by them mm-hmm. by their bootstrap? But at the same time, there's obstacles in the way that keep you from pulling mm-hmm. yourself out. You know, like mental health is mm-hmm. one. Like that's a big one. And like like you said, with Social Security, only given like seven seventy one. Like, that's not even a studio rent anywhere in town, you yeah. know? Like, even if you do get a job and you're, you know, you're making $10 an hour, 
Mm-hmm. You can't afford. Where can you even live exactly. right. in this city where you can afford that? And ten dollars an hour is more than minimum You can't even take wage. a girl out with that because nah. you know that's that's like eight hours. Yeah, yeah. and you right. that's a whole day work you yeah. spent. Because <laughs> like no, even now I like I like to look at like a McDonald's pricing, you mm-hmm. know. So even to get like a number one regular, it's like ten dollars now, mm-hmm. you know, and that's one hour of your work to feed yourself yeah. for a portion of the day. It's just, it's just, it's crazy. Look, we could talk about this a long time. <laughs> right. Let's yeah. talk about something more positive. Yeah. A lo- talk about the the programming you guys have and the programming mm. you guys do. Because, I, you know, I was looking, I've seen it, you know, it, on, on social media. I've seen you guys on the news, on the radio, uh, on the website, all these different classes you're offering, different uh, community outreach things where you're at the park, giving away stuff. Talk about these uh, outreach programs and, and classes you guys are offering. Really, it's, it's the community support, you know. They, they see we're trying to do something, and they're reaching out, you know, seeing how can they help, how can they host a class, you know. Whatever skill they have, they, they want to share it. If it's not, you know, a money donation or, you know, some snacks and food donation, they're trying to donate their time, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that's more valuable than anything. Mm-hmm. So to be able to pass on skills and trades it's it's beautiful. It's community empowerment, and, and that's what it's about. Each one, teach one. Mm-hmm. And we like that as young people that just getting their certificate in school, and they want to. This is your practice arena. Come over here, Pretty and much, build yeah. up your skill. You know, and it's free. But we do take donations to keep the lights on, but right. you get to uh, give knowledge back to the people that needs it because. I'm 30, when I got sober, 37 years old, I didn't know anything about credit cards. My credit <laughs> was the liquor man, the dope man. That's how I had my credit. Yeah. I didn't know anything. I'm still learning. So when I'm in classes, they're still teaching me, you know. So, yeah, it, it, it's good. We do backpack drives. Just try to spread the wealth, like Robin Hood of uh, the nonprofit organizations. Yeah. <laughs> Just, we get it. It's free. So what are we going to hold on to it for, yeah. you know? Love to see it. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, how did or where are you guys from originally? Are you are you guys I'm from? Born and raised in Reno. All right, <laughs> all right. Seven seven five native. Yes, sir. South Central Los Angeles uh-huh. for me. Okay, and how what what brought you to Reno? Um, I ran out of places. My mom, my my, my drug activity started at a young age, so I was going. My mom said, "Okay, we can't do this no more." So I went from auntie uncle house into the, I was on the last block in the last house on the block and my cousin Tamil she said what about job corps all right let's go I had no more options anywhere I'm a high school dropout came out here to job corps having a look back you know and it's not too fast not too slow you know just my pace the way I want it and uh it, it taught me a lot you know it grew up on it grew on me you know I became a man here so yeah and how have you seen it change from when you know you, if you born and raised yeah. here, you've been here a while. It must have changed a lot. What high school did you go to? I went to Hug. Okay, you know, okay. I went to Trainer Middle School. Mm, I went to Glenn so Duncan Elementary. I, I, that, I, mean? I taught a trainer for eight years. That's that's my spot. That was my spot. Yeah. That's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah, that's home plate. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just seeing the gentrification take place. Uh, the the prison to pipeline in in full mode. Uh, yeah, all, basically all the males in my family then you know been been to prison. I seen a, what the whole community has went through. Uh, There's more more people in prison than in society, 
you know, from my section, the northeast side of Reno. Mm-hmm. I, I remember when Safeway used to be the grocery store, and, yeah. and now it's the Salvation Army, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that that's something I feel like people... I used to, like when we first moved here. We like we went shopping in those shopping centers over there. Like they had actual stores there. You had like the support. The people could go get the things they needed. Mm-hmm. And you look over there now, and it's all it's abandoned. Like that entire neighborhood yeah. over there. Right. All those stores have closed up. I think there's like a Dollar Tree or something, and maybe a CVS. But there used to be a Lowe's over there. There used to be a Montgomery Ward over right, there. Like, right. There was the Shopco. Like all these stores where people. Yeah. When, you, know, you you could shop like you didn't have to go so, and it, like it's just to me that's just a reflection of yeah. of mm-hmm. you know abandoning that that section of yeah. our city and then they're going to come back and you know, 30 years it. later yeah. mm-hmm. after everything's been you know cheapened and, and buy it up and try and right. kick those yeah. people out that have been Grandma living there the whole time been sold no because that's that's what's happening stuff. like right across from paradise park right there they have those new apartment complexes you know and they like yeah like no more montgomery wards shop co i like i remember those ones too but yeah now it's just now that it's dirt cheap like these mm-hmm. investors are regentrifying that place mm-hmm. yeah it just it just it's a cycle you just see it it's yeah. already happened so you already know how it's going to play out mm-hmm. and everything and just seeing you know that was the thing teaching at trainers i saw you saw k- kids whose parents had grown up in the same thing just poor with no future like it was it's a, a generation gen- later like it's a generational thing it it's like yeah. their parents and grandparents it's like once you reach to that second or third generation like what you what you don't know anything different like right. yeah, that's right. just that's the generational wealth that's passed down the, the way we think it ain't yeah. the, it ain't exactly. land is not buildings we passing around the the, uh, the struggle the struggle basically yeah. Yeah. right there the prison the like yeah it becomes like that was a thing I would try and get these kids to see that you, their whole life was so like small in that just that neighborhood mm-hmm. and everything around them and they, they don't know anything else and their parents don't really know anything else. So at that point, you, it's so hard to get them to change that mentality yeah, and, right, and believe that, like, right. no, like, you can, you can, just because you're here doesn't mean you have to be here. Like, mm-hmm. you can, you got to get it. It's hard to get that. And that's why the Upper Bound program I like, because it goes into those schools and it starts them in sixth grade. And it's mm-hmm. like, you, you can go to college. Here's what you need to do. And then they have people who have done it, who are from there, come back and they meet with these kids they they show them the, the tools and and the how to get, navigate the processes of like you know, this is how you can get you a scholarship. This is what you need to do in seventh and eighth grade so that when you get to high school, mm-hmm. you can go on and and better yourself. But you know, there's only so many people they can reach because yeah. they you know mm-hmm. they they're funding like you said the, the money isn't there to right. you can't reach them all. And there's some mm-hmm. kids even by sixth seventh grade that. You know, I would see like I can't. You remember a couple years back when they was going to close that library? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that's kind of where my little community engagement started mm-hmm. too, being more aware. Uh, yeah, went and spoke down to the city about how you know important that that was. That was like a resource hub. I mean, it's one of the few and, places uh, some of those kids can get internet, and right? Stuff. Yeah. And uh, Black Wall Street is kind of like a, a duplication mm-hmm. of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, like we always say, like if you want to make you know your community better, it's not it's not that hard. It just takes, it takes you got, you initiative, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It is. And people always you know think big, and they're worried about things 
outside of their control, but you can focus and make mm-hmm. a real difference. Just, just you yourself own. getting yeah. out there. And that's, you know, we like to highlight. So we were glad mm-hmm. uh, to have you guys uh, to be able to join us and, and share your story. What, through all this process, what have you guys learned like about the community of Reno and, and what's out there? Um, I've learned personally that, uh, there are a lot of black organizations out there, but not doing what Black Wall Street is doing, you know, as far as trying to bridge that gap and, and, and give back. I think that our biggest community is in the churches. I think that those scriptures you learn in those pew pits come and uh, show them in life. We don't need to hear another sermon. We need to hear see one walked out. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what Black Wall Street is doing. We don't just sit back and talk. Now, I'm not knocking the churches. Don't tweet that. Don't, <laughs> don't, do, that. don't do that. Don't put me on black. Yeah, but what I'm saying is get out of those churches and come start and be those leaders. You know what I mean? I, I feel those mm-hmm. churches keep you right there where they need to yeah. keep you. They don't want you to think no further than, hey, this man coming to save you. No, you need to come save yourself right now yeah. and come out here and teach your kids what need to be taught. Yeah, so like at church, they teach you the moralities. You yeah, know? yeah. And then you just got to put those moralities that practice. you thought to yes. work out there in the community, not just in your household. Like households, like you said, it starts first in the household. Yeah, but- and then from there, you step out of your house and help your fellow man. Yeah, because I, I believe a lot of people that's in mm-hmm. churches, they feel, oh, I didn't see it. Oh, I, they want, they got, they cholesterol is up. They, <laughs> they ain't fasted. They ain't thinking right because they think this punishing God is going, no, it ain't like that, man. It's you awesome. are God. You are the energy. Mm-hmm. Come out here and right. let's produce in our kids. Yeah. Give our kids the stability of, of learning and what they should be able to see. And give them tools. Like, that's the thing. The tools is a lot, especially in our community of, you know, uh, we don't have the right tools mm-hmm. to get us by our bootstraps and get yeah. out, you know? Yeah, like, like people act like it's a lack of desire. Mm-hmm. It's a lack of know-how. Right, yeah. right, right. And you just right. got to, you, you know, you guys are out there giving them the tool. Everyone wants to help them. Like everyone takes pride and, and wants to help themselves and mm-hmm. stand up on their own two feet. Like a lot of things I would see with the school we would offer, the, the people were too proud to take the, mm-hmm. the assistance. Mm-hmm. So you just got to give them the tools so they can do for themselves what they mm-hmm. want to do. And mm-hmm. Most of the time, people, you know, will accept that and, and end up doing something. Right. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that survival mode and also that scarcity mind state, it kind of, you know, holds you back from taking that next step forward or that or that leap of faith. But, uh, yeah, yeah, that's when it's time to do it. That's when it's time to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you guys for uh, for coming on. I think we're going to take our first break. Yes. Caesar's got to play a song of the week. <laughs> Caesar, what is your song of the week? It makes so, me chuckle. It's this. Well, it's this. Uh, this uh, group from New York, and it's called No Panty, but it's put together by Joel Ortiz, Bodega Bams, and Nitty Scott. Mm-hmm. And I've been listening to this uh, album again. Like I showed it to my brother and his friend, and just heavy on the bars, heavy on the lyrics. And this song is Hola by No Panty. So listen and enjoy. Salute. Yo. How about that pretty motherfucker like Hola? Hola? <laughs> Hola, niggas can't fuck with me, bye. Yo, please to meet you, how you doing? Let's- 
let's get this shit started I've been faced with obstacles my whole life hit the target I pray to God I'm always asking God why don't you answer I live in sin I love a stripper she my private dancer they only see the celebrations keep in mind their struggles watch the players on your team look at their face and huddles they hit my plate I was stuck between a rock and hard place bam bam my father's name is Barney Rubble went to Barney's cause my shorty got the 50 discount she worked for corporate fucking still selling work at this bitch house of course I'm mad the Knicks ain't winning chips in 7-3 of course you mad your baby mother wanna fuck with me I got some anger issues only pussy calm me down I'm from the east side Spanish Harlem's only golden child I'm only into fast money that slow hustle trash I see my lawyer once a month and bring that duffel bag these rappers frauds when you see them Mr. Hugs and Fives been playing 2k since 2000 now y'all changing lives asking how the fuck this Latin rapping like no other that poppy spitting rid it fill it real up worth the mother I don't need your validations or your top 10 rap picks I don't need the freshman cover class to make a classic fuck the votes I don't parlay with the politicians my parolees all the homies coming out the prison fuck the system they designed a plan for me to fail and while we wait for the second coming I'm raising hell nigga I'm raising hell yo yo uh I'm in that new whip inside coca hop about that pretty motherfucker like hola 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 yo say hi to a boss bitch boss bitch say hi to a boss bitch boss bitch say hi to a boss bitch boss bitch say hi to a boss what it is if you don't put on your seatbelt fat latin rapper you spazzing but you gon' need help labels try label a nigga you know how we felt they don't see the sandwich but they'll show up when the cheese melt dab nab it i'm back at it a crack habit laying vocals on the top floor like a rap addict i knew i'd run this shit i bought a track jacket black maxes and a starter pistol let it clap laughing everybody like michael phelps after a dab package took him to school and rocked yeah i jacked black this thought i was joking when y'all laughed at it man i was dead serious now my competition attract maggots when my city ain't fitting, who brought it back snapping? I put New York on my back, Yankee cat backwards, always showed up. Show enough, I'm the last dragon. Stacking cats in bags while y'all was cat stacking. This is God's work and hard work. When that pen in my hand is Henny and Cran. Ball work. When I converse, it's an all-star converse. Tailored to make niggas chuck deuces and long hurts. Sorry, won't fly. Can't spell apologize without looking at an appalled OG before your eyes. They say business is business, can't take it personal. What if you made it your business to take it personal? All of y'all can get it, this business ain't one personal. 16's merciful, God forbid a 32, 64's war, saw one through four surgical. Anymore, have your core fans search earth for you. See, my name got way more than respect on it. They got fear on it, not even the best warning. So come for me like a bench warrant. I warrant the bench for you, have you at the game but not dressed for it. I'm in that new whip inside, cool guy. Hop about that pretty motherfucker like, hola. Hola, 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 yo. Say hi to a boss bitch. Boss bitch, say hi to a boss bitch. Boss bitch, say hi to a boss bitch. Boss bitch, say hi to a boss bitch. Yo, uh, I'm in the summer, Vino stubble, we buttery. I cop trees, chop cheese when I fuck with the ox. Niggas think they wrote the book, but it's more like a pamphlet. Brujeria, I can heal up your soul or a snatch it. Uh, sometimes I'm over your head, but nigga, I'ma get across like it's over your bed. Your life was a novella 
Pulling on your rosary, praying that it get better. But I'ma do it mega. Meet you in the Mecca. I got proof that little Buddha be the truth in this. Ludicrous. Move, I'm moving with you, think it's lubing this. I'm cooler than Cool J, how I'm doing it. Well done, Peter Luger shit, a nigga lucrative. I'm in that new whip inside Koga. Hop about that pretty motherfucker like Hola. 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 Yo, say hi to a boss bitch. Boss bitch, say hi to a boss bitch. Boss bitch, say hi to a boss bitch. Boss bitch, say hi to a boss bitch. Welcome back. That was Caesar's song of the week. It was Ola by No Panty. Yeah, if you like bars, this is uh this is like Nitty Scott. She is she could hold her own with anyone out there. And then we got Joel Ortiz and Bodega Bams as well. Like just East Coast powerhouse of heavy lyrics. And bars, yeah. And then obviously they're I love all, that song. Like he, yeah. we played it on the radio show yeah. before and And they're all, you know, Latino or Afro-Latino descent, so obviously, you know, the whole album is, like, based on, you know, like, the sounds and things like that of set cultures. So, yeah. Well, uh, Caesar, it's that time of the week. World news. It is world news, and we don't have too much to talk about today. The first thing, though, mm-hmm. you know, we've talked about this a lot for the last few months, but Senate Republicans blocked a bill to investigate the January 6th insurrection. After they like made a bunch of demands and they gave in to all the demands, and then they were like, "Nope, we're not going to do Still, it." Still, no, yeah, because there's uh, there's something up. Obviously, I mean, they something don't want to investigate. Like you know, uh, yeah, they don't want to investigate themselves. Yeah, like that's right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like they're like, "Oh, it's going to affect the election." The elections is like almost two years. What are you talking? Oh, you, you know, it. What it, <laughs> What do you yeah. have to hide? I thought it was Antifa that did all this. Mm-hmm. So, like, wouldn't you want to find out? <laughs> Who are the culprits? <laughs> Who really did this? Yeah. No? No? Like, and the crazy thing was, is, like, the cop, that cop that you saw, like, leading them away and distracting them, like, he went to them and was like, we need to investigate this. I was there. You were there. And, they, mm-hmm. and like, the, the mother of the police officer that died went and met with them, and they were like, nah, we don't, we don't want to, we don't want to find out what, yeah. what happened. Just, it's yeah. so in the open, man. Yeah, right, like, right. <laughs> like, am I? Like, it makes you think. Like, am I crazy? Like, I see this, right? Like, we all see this, but we don't have any power to really do anything. You know, like eventually people are gonna realize they got power. Wasn't the lady that got killed uh, enrolled in the navy or something? She, she, I think she had she served was a naval or something. officer, huh? Mm-hmm. You know, some of these, some of these people. Um, our own Joey Gilbert from Nevada supposedly was there. Like that just came out on the internet this wow. week. Wow! Mm. Saw him, you know, video of him there. So you know, like inside jobs. Yeah, and that guy's you know definitely a heavy Trump supporter. They don't want to find mm. out. Yeah, like how deep down the rabbit hole does all this go? Hmm. Very deep. And people are like, "Oh, there's no conspiracy." It sounds like one to me, though. <laughs> I mean, if there's no conspiracy. What do you like? What do you gotta hide? You know, like. It's a it's just, psyop. It ain't even conspiracy. Yeah. It's just old psyop. Then you gotta hide it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Speaking of this, so this mm-hmm. was something I read about earlier this week. A study shows that most people determine whether they approve of an idea based on which side supported it. So they were in like Oklahoma, and they asked these people. They like 
if you do you support them building like a new train line that connected like two cities or something and made it easier for people to travel Mm -hmm. and like 80 percent of the people said yes but then when they said do you approve of biden's plan to Mm. do this thing like the the people in in support of it dropped by like 30 percent oh man just because like they had biden's name in front of it Mm. and it just showed and they were like all there's all these other different examples of it just shows you like why people vote against their own interests is because mm-hmm. they're not looking at the idea. They're just looking at who's made the idea. So mm-hmm. if it's a terrible idea, but the person they like supports it, then they're going to say yes. Monkey if it's a good idea, it. but it's the person they're against says it, they're going to say no. And just, if it's a simple thing, like, you know, why wouldn't they want, you know, they're like talked about the benefits of like this, this proposed connection. Like, of course, like who wouldn't want that? It's going to help businesses make it easy to people to see their families and stuff. Mm -hmm. But then as soon as they just change the wording of the question, Mm -hmm. you know, people's minds were changed and it's just like, God damn. It's just crazy to think how like Democrat and Republican, so on and so forth are so ingrained in people's, Mm -hmm. you know, what they think their character is when it shouldn't be. Like, no. Look at, like, yeah, that's why it's so important to get involved at lo- the local level because you see the impact and you just see, like, these people for people and not, like, the label that mm-hmm. they have put on them. Hopefully. <laughs> I don't know. Some of the people you got here locally ain't shit, though, so. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah, Whatever. Right. They, got a, they got a cousin somewhere. <laughs> you know, that, that helped them get the job. Speaking yeah. of locally fail, local failures... Nevada failed to pass a bill that would have outlawed the death penalty in the state despite people being in support of this and it being a huge thing that that Mm. I feel like most people want. And Mm. I just don't understand how they can't even get something simple like this passed. Maybe because they put the Democrats support it at the beginning. (laughs) Maybe, you know, somebody's some lobbies, you know, giving someone some money to to say it's a a bad idea. Yeah. I don't know. Who knows? It's just. Just that's just weird words. It's still maybe know. it's because you know most of the time people who get the death penalty don't look like the people who mm. are deciding. Right mm. there, you go. Death penalty, it should be yeah targeted at a couple heinous crimes, but not you know necessarily a color. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know it's just st- study after study has shown most of the people who get the death penalty are going to be black or brown, and they're definitely going to be poor. Like mm-hmm. oh yeah, mm-hmm. like. Yeah, I'm reading uh, the new Jim Crow and just the things I'm learning about the criminal justice scene. Like, that book is that book is dope. I, mm. I recommend that to whoever's listening. Get your <laughs> copy of that because it's just it's like, and this book's old. The crazy thing is like this book's like almost ten years old now, so it's only got worse since then. Mm-hmm. And like most of the studies they're using were ten years old then. Right. So like, how much worse has it gotten? Out of twenty five percent on top of all that, yeah. <laughs> like it's, it, like, I have to read it like a little bit at a time because just you know I'm sitting there so getting, upset, getting so upset, and mad. Like yeah. all right, like I, I'm gonna take a little break from reading this because this is just appalling. Yeah. yeah, that was the first, crazy. first and it's, book it, I read. The yeah. first month we developed Black Wall Street. That was the first book I read. Yeah, and it's crazy they could get so smart in developing these weird wording and loopholes, mm-hmm. but like they can't give money to the homeless that's the thing the insidiousness of like these laws and stuff is what Mm -hmm. is just what's crazy michelle alexander did a wonderful job on that book she Mm -hmm. really did she did a wonderful job she's someone Mm -hmm. you should definitely if you don't know check her out Mm -hmm. that that woman knows knows what's up like Mm -hmm. she knows her stuff so 
Um, yeah, check check out that book and man, come on, Nevada. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then this this one is probably happening right now. But in Tulsa, the OG Black Wall Street, mm-hmm. they are having like a pro gun protest mm-hmm. out there right now. Mm-hmm. Pro gun. Huh? Yeah, I didn't see that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I, I was just like, you know, it's pretty pretty funny that you guys are here at the same time. So yeah, a little synergy. Yeah, it's just like, uh, you know, it's just black people pro gun protest. So because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I understand, yeah, like have one or two guns. Self defense. Yeah, one or two. But nobody needs like an AR-15. We've all, we've you know, all seen Rosewood. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. That movie gets me so mad I mean, all the time. I saw what happened on January 6th too. Like, yeah. It's not completely out of the realm that you know these people might we get crazy and get some ideas remember, in their head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember Rosewood as a kid. And since I was raised by my grandma, you know, to see that scene there. <laughs> yes. Be ready to go off. No, that, that movie upsets me every time. Right? I try not to like watch it every now and then, not too often, because it's just like <laughs> I'd be. I just... Funny thing about that movie is like watching that movie and then learning about it led me to learn about the Tulsa race riots mm-hmm. when I was like, you know, whenever that like I was like a teenager in high school or mm-hmm. something. But when did you first find out about? Blo- I'm assuming you weren't taught about Black Wall Street in school. So when, <laughs> no. did, you, when did you guys first find out about uh, it? Learn about it? It was a couple years ago when I when I first learned about it, and then to know that. It only had been revealed to the public like 1997 or something. So that's what really gravitated my interest to it and dig more on that mm-hmm. on that topic. It, you know, it happened more than that, just there. Yeah. You know? Right, right. Yeah, it happened the whole, around the world. Not around the world, but just in the United States. They all over the place. Yeah, yeah. continues that period, just down. Yeah, that period of so-called reconstruction yeah. was really the deconstruction mm-hmm. of what the indigenous was building on yeah. yeah yeah every time you notice that every time we start building something something happens somebody look at a white woman mm-hmm. and it's burnt down you know it's it's always over it's some white underplay woman. it's down you know like they're they're you know right now they're trying to get this curriculum approved to teach about this stuff in schools and everyone's against it and i'm like this is the problem, like because mm-hmm. it's because they don't want to know. They don't want to admit that these ha- like these things have been swept under the rug forever, like as long since they happened, and they don't want to acknowledge it because it makes people look bad. It makes people feel guilty. I, I don't and- think it's that. I think once you start teaching about us, that means we become somebody. Mm. Once you start have to teach about us in class, that give us a sense of purpose. We are somebody. They mm. are somebody to speak about in class and give us a structure. Yeah. Yeah, uh, just pull, pull it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. give us a structure. So now you have to talk. It's more than just Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. You have man. to speak about black people as a, in general. I would, I would do a whole unit on racism and teach these kids this stuff and then, like, still have them saying wild shit like, oh, Martin Luther King Jr. free the slaves. <laughs> and just, like, you know, like, I remember starting and just thinking, like, none of, they don't learn any of this stuff. And just having to go through and just teach the basics. Like, mm-hmm. every time I would teach something, it would just be like, oh, my God, they don't even know about this. Wow. So then I have to go back and be like, talk, you know, it just breaking it down because 
no one wants to teach this stuff and and, and these kids are ignorant you know we grow up ignorant of our own history and mm-hmm. what's happened in this country and it hurts everyone it hurts all of us but they yeah. don't know either they don't really know that's what i mean like it yeah. hurts all of us are ignorant of it and it hurts everyone because this country could be so much better and everyone would benefit from it not right. just people who right. look like right. us right. Yeah. and we're all being held back because no one knows what could have happened or what people tried to do mm-hmm. in the past. Like if people were the stuff they were doing in in 1870, imagine if that had been allowed to continue for the last 140, where would we, you know, right. that's the thing. Like, where would we be if these things weren't burnt down? If these coalitions of people coming together weren't destroyed and it's holding all of us back. I had a white lady at work ask me, if you can go back in time and talk to anybody, would it be Abraham Lincoln? And I'm like, why would you <laughs> associate me being with Abraham Lincoln? Because that's where you think my history starts. You yeah. think we actually started as slaves. Mm. That's all they teach you here. Now, if you never would have told me we were slaves, I wouldn't even known it. Mm. You could have kept that a secret and never we would never yeah. know we were slaves. But this is where she think our history started. That's what she's been taught in school her whole life is that black people just been on the plantation, just all of a sudden got free, and they're here. <laughs> right? And everything's fine. Yeah, yeah, and then put up with what you go through. And then Martin yeah. Luther King Jr. gave them all their rights. Yeah. <laughs> and Malcolm X said that they should have guns, uh-huh. and That's then they got yeah, killed. Yeah. But racism and, Underground and, and Railroad Harriet And then racism, racism ended. Yeah. yeah. And we're we all happy and joyous and still sing and dance. And prosperous. Yeah. <laughs> it's a cold illusion, boy. Yeah. It's a cold illusion. <laughs> cold as ice. <laughs> but that's the thing. They want to keep us in- ignorant. They want to keep us so we don't, you know, because with knowledge is power. Mm-hmm. We, and then if we start working together as a community, like we could definitely, you know, that's what I always do try some hurt. Tell my students, I'm like, I'm here trying to teach you to empower yourself so you can change the conditions you live in. And you're sitting here fighting with me about it. But I'm like, your ancestors were killed for trying to do the thing you are spitting on every single day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, they couldn't learn to read because they didn't want them to read because they wanted them to be ignorant. And then now that's a choice you're making freely. Mm-hmm. Like, they won if mm-hmm. you're doing that. Like Students act like learning is a punishment or yeah. something. It's like... And they just like, man, yesterday I was arguing with a student and he's just like, this is a waste of time. I don't need a 15 year old is like, I don't need to learn any of this. It doesn't matter. Like why? Mm. You know, and I got to like first convince him that it matters. Second, convince him that he should learn it. And then third, convince him that it's useful and how (laughs) it's useful before I can even start teaching them. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And where do we and where do they get this from? You like, know? where's the steel? Yeah, like, where's like, the steel? Where? It's like, so, like, even even if you're, like, in a poor neighborhood and stuff and you don't want to learn anything in school and you you want to be, like, you, you know, your dope man, the person, mm-hmm. like, they look up to, they at least have to know some math, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> you got to sell a point for point. You know, point you got to point for point. Like, yeah, how many grams in an ounce? Like, like you got to do some math. You got to yeah. do math when you pumping gas. Yeah. When you wake up, look at the alarm clock, how exactly. many minutes, everything. Pay your taxes. Yeah. Yeah. You like, know? like, you know, pay rent. It's like, how much prison time you going to get? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's exactly. all math. It's you all know? math. You know? Yeah. You know? Because when they say like six to 20, six is if you're good, you know? <laughs> and you got to bring in that bottom number. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's 
So, it, you know, like, yeah, you need your basics to even and in schools now, it just feels like the basics are so, so low mm-hmm. because like you said, like credit, credit, nobody knows about credit, cool. you know, like now they are like, that's the thing. Like these things are slowly changing, but mm-hmm. it's, when they've been, when they haven't been taught this stuff for so long, it's going to take a long time for these ideas and things to, to, to trinkle through and everyone to learn them like you know they just started teaching about this stuff you know three or four years ago well it's going to take another 10 to 20 years because it hasn't been taught for that long mm-hmm. so it's going to take at least that long a generation those, yeah. that you know those that knowledge to take hold so it's just it's t- but i you know the, that's the thing though i've been teaching long enough to see like see students who you know came from nothing and then they, they've gone up you know they've gone to college now they're a teacher or whatever and they're back in the community mm-hmm. helping you know where they came from and change those you know they're teaching in the school they went to to you know reaching those kids because that's what you need they need to see an example that's of someone that about. looks like yeah, them being that example and, exactly, and, and exactly. see the success so that they they believe it like oh that person did it i can do it like that person's just that person like they're not special they're not really a superhero mm-hmm. they just made those hard decisions and grinded through it and i can do it too and now they're here to help me and show the way so yeah, so let's see you guys. We, we yeah. love. That's what it's about. Passing the baton. Mm-hmm. No, and it's cool. I actually saw it. So the lady and I like to watch like the Chicago shows, like Chicago Fire, Chicago PD. And on the Chicago Fire, this guy's neighbor, he just moved in there, uh, people of color. And like the battalion chief is black. And the kid loves um, fire trucks and stuff. So he goes to him. And as they're walking away, the father was like, thank you. Like, to my for my son to see a hero that's the same color of his mm-hmm. skin, and, mm-hmm. and, and it does it does mm-hmm. take a lot. Eighty percent of the teachers are what white women. How can mm-hmm. you teach a young black man or a young Hispanic male how to be a male figure, mm-hmm. and then you know you kind of lose them in that elementary state, and by the time you get into high, uh, junior high. You influence, you know. You got people; they call it peer pressure, but you allow somebody to control your thoughts, basically. Because mm-hmm. they don't, they don't know themselves because they've never been shown, you know, anything, have any pride in themselves, and that that's, it's so tough. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that's what it it just takes, you know. You got to go and, and show them, like you know, showing showing is seeing, and seeing mm-hmm. is believing. Mm-hmm. People got to see it first. But uh, let's talk about some sports real quick. <laughs> Change. Well, like lighter, lighter tone, but still in the same, bit, still in the same vein, though. Like, exactly. No, this week in the NBA, like fans are out of control. There's been spitting three mm-hmm. separate instances this week in the NBA where fans crossed that line, and the way, like, so John Morant on the Grizzlies, his mom and dad were watching him play, and like two people had to be removed because they were harassing his mother and calling racial slurs and using vulgar language with them during the game. Mm-hmm. And they're just there watching their son. Like p- people in the stands had to stand up and defend them and go get security because these guys were harassing them so much. And then Trey young got spit on by someone like mm-hmm. on the court while he was playing yeah. while they're watching the game. And then uh, Russell Westbrook like sprained his ankle. And when he was being helped to the locker room, someone threw like a thing of popcorn at him. Yeah. And it's like, every time I see this, I always think like, People just think they can act this way and nothing's gonna happen. Like mm-hmm. to me, when when they had the thing in in Detroit where those they, they were fighting, I liked that. Like those fans deserve to catch hands. In <laughs> yes. my opinion, like I love seeing. Mm-hmm. Like people think it's bad. Like there's this baseball player like punched like you know punched a fan who had hit him like when he was trying to. 
If yeah. any other situation, that's what would happen. They yeah. allow it in hockey. I mean, why, <laughs> why not change a couple rules? <laughs> that's where it goes yeah, back no. to, uh, you know, like, look at the the uh, the brightness of the people playing hockey compared to, like, what's going on. Like, <laughs> you know, like, things, the look at the, the, the melanin, you know, right, ratio. Right. And, uh, you know, you start seeing some of these things, and it's just, yeah, like, it this would never fly in some of these other sports because yeah. people would be allowed to go up there. You know, if someone, if I'm out there, someone spits on me when I'm playing, like, yeah. 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 Not even when I'm playing, you just spit on me. Like, yeah. yeah. If I'm walking down the street and someone <laughs> spits on me, like, uh-huh. no, first of all, like no one would ever do that. Like yeah. no one would disrespect you that much. And, and just, yeah. And it lands but on just your playing the too. game, though, like you don't even have a personal connection to this. Exactly. Person. Uh, like, why do you hate them so right, much? Right. Like, why, right. Like, what is really going on? So I, yeah. you know, the NBA is going to have to do something about this because mm-hmm. it's been, you know, getting yeah. worse and worse, and this happens more often. Like you're going to have another mm-hmm. situation where someone runs up in the stands, and yeah, I, I can't feel bad. Like people always want to say, you know, violence is always terrible, and Sometimes you got to defend yourself. Yeah, like, you met a world yeah. peace, son. They left him alone after he went up in the stands. Yeah. I wouldn't want to mess with Meta for sure. <laughs> like, I just, yeah. Like, those yeah. those people were wilding. And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you need to be checked yeah. when you cross lines. Because they don't know consequences for <laughs> what. what it is. Because it's just like, okay, I'm paying to see you. So it's like, you know, it's just like they're, they think they're better than you already. Because, mm-hmm. like, you're in the stands. You're looking down at them. You know, this whole situational thing, how they're, you know, different and they're paying their money. So they think they could do whatever. Like, they I'm want. supposed to feel bad for the guy who got punched because he fucking did, like. Right. No, zero time. Like, and they know security's there. So they feel like a little blanket of security mm-hmm. as well. But, like, yeah, like if Westbrook hit any of us, he's, he's a big man. Yeah, you know? 6'5, like, 220 pounds. Like, yeah. Like, I wouldn't. Night, night. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's gonna learn something today. Exactly. (laughs) You know, like, yeah. And I guarantee you, those people were like, you know, average height, you know, like 5'8, nice and overweight, you know, too much much McDonald's. They're not really looking to fight. No. But in any other situation, when you did that, you would be looking to fight. Yes, exactly. chasing us. Uh, I think uh, you know what I put this on here. We already talked about. We this already TV talked show about it. Week. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the next thing is our white mediocrity of the week, and this actually happened personally. I Ooh. witnessed it, and it was right here in Reno. So uh, Very this, nice. this past Wednesday, we had uh, Spoken Views had our first open mic since mm. the pandemic started, and you know in person. So it was good to see everyone. There was like twelve people. We were at capacity. It was great. But, like, a couple of people got up there and were wilding out. So the first thing I noticed when I got there was there was this lady in the audience that had a, a, a Animal Lives Matter mask on, black mask on, the, in the same font as, like, Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. but it said Animal Lives Matter. So I was like, okay. Already. And like, all Already right. Like, suspect, but yeah. I was like, I'm doing my poem. And, like, my poem, like, I did two poems that were, you know, super pro-black. And so I'm like, well... She's like at least gonna have to sit here and listen to my poem, so maybe she'll really like. Hopefully, mm-hmm. she's, like if she is one of these all lives matter people, she's about to hear some shit. But <laughs> so then, like you know, she goes up there and 
Then she gets it gets said that she's a teacher in Truckee and she's teaching social justice to her students and they're teaching them poetry. Uh. And then her whole poem is about how like equating bigotry with yeah. to like against minorities to like how animals are treated and talking about like slaughterhouses and comparing like separating a calf from its mother to like separate separating immigrants at the border and i was like what the fuck is going <laughs> on right now like it was uh, so crazy and uh, then she started talking about how eating meat is bad and like saying like you know like you got to be you know stop eating meat to be a good person and i'm like Look, like I'm all for eating less meat, and you know it, it's probably health. It's healthier, but like it, the real thing is like not everyone can afford to be vegetarian or vegan or, mm. you know, like has the wherewithal to live that lifestyle. And she's up here preaching this in a goddamn. Po- I was like, mm. I, you know, I had my mask on, <laughs> but I was like laughing and chuckling to myself the whole time. Like I leaned over and said something to my girlfriend. And, like, we were kind of chuckling and, like, I had to wait till afterwards. Like, all right, I'm going to see what everyone else thinks. And then, like, this other woman gets up there and she's telling her poem. And, like, first, she's she's blonde and blue-eyed, okay? And she starts talking, this, saying this poem about how she's Egyptian. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, well, I'm like, you know, like, there are blonde, blue-eyed people who are Egyptian. We, like, know, what, we know what happened, you know, to but, her ancestors. But, <laughs> But then she's like, oh, like, her dad was Egyptian, and she talked about how she moved there, and I'm like, okay, like, this is odd, but not totally bad. And then she's like, I'm African-American. And I'm like, what? (laughs) And she's like, well, I was born in Egypt, and Egypt's in Africa, so I'm actually African-American. And I'm like, what? How? There's some steps missing there. (laughs) I was saying, let me see your identification. Let me see what you got on there. <laughs> so I'm just like, whoa, like what? Like, uh, you know, and it goes back, you know, the people are ignorant. Like, they don't know. So, but I'm like, like, I get paid to teach. I'm not about to do this for free. For free. <laughs> I don't know these people. So I'm yeah. not going to say anything. So I, you know, I like chuckled to myself, kept it. And then, like, afterwards, like, went up to a couple mm-hmm. people and was like, what the hell, man? Mm. And then on the spoken views, we have a group chat. I like said, like, how did you guys feel? And you know, salute Jesse reached out to me and was like, yeah, like that was crazy. This other girl who I don't even know was like, that was super wild. Like, I can't believe. I'm like, good. Like, I'm glad I wasn't the only person that thought this was ridiculous. So, you know, if they're there again, like I might have to write a poem to kind of like school them up some things and and you know like. Because one time you know, I was there and, and someone was talking like this, this very young girl was trying to lecture me about Black Lives Matter. So, you know, I had to write a whole poem kind of explaining things mm-hmm. and then perform it next time for her mm-hmm. to, you know, try and, to show her the errors in her way. So it was, <laughs> I was like, man, this, and I'm like, this, what, this lady is a teacher? This is what she's teaching those kids? <laughs> this is what they think social justice is? Animal right here? But, the, you know, in the, like... <laughs> One of my friends was like, oh, that, you know, I just thought that was typical for, like, a white woman in her position to say. <laughs> and I'm like, I know, but, like, yeah. we still can't let this shit slide. Yeah, right. Like, you know, it's expected, but. So that was white mediocrity of the week because, god mm. damn. Yeah. Like, mm. 
and especially like some of these other people, the stories and, you know, they're talking about the things they've over, you know, you've been there. Like people are giving very personal accounts of things they've overcome and things that have happened to them. And this one uh, girl, a newer member, like shared like a poem and it was very powerful. Like people were, you know, had tears in their eyes and then you have someone go up after this like this. And it's just like, (laughs) you know, these aren't, they're not on the same level here. (laughs) You know, we got to raise the bar up. So, but, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to tell those people. Yeah, it's not my point to <laughs> yeah. say you know, to tell them. Like they, they, I'm like someone who knows them needs to say something. It's not mm-hmm. my. I'm she not sound to... like her her pineal gland was calcified <laughs> or something. <laughs> Gotta get that third eye open. It's not, and I'm not the one to do it. <laughs> Man, she's <laughs> calcified. But <laughs> so. My uh, song of the mm-hmm. week this week. So, salutes to Sea Salt Brad. Yeah. He told me about this podcast starring uh, Iron or Open Mike Eagle. And so, what he does is each season he interviews someone in hip hop. And the first, the whole first season, like 12 episodes, he's interviewing Prince Paul. And uh, he's talking about like how he got involved in Stetsasonic and then his work with, mm-hmm. you know, I've only listened to like four or five, but how he started working with De La Soul and mm-hmm. some of these other people. So, you know, a lot of people probably haven't heard of Stetsasonic, so my song of the week this week is "Talking All That Jazz" by Stetsasonic because uh, it's a jam, and it's so you know, good, some yeah. of you need to know. So yeah, listen and enjoy, guys. So. Step off a lot. You see, you misunderstood. A sample just a tactic, a portion of my method, a tool. In fact, it's only of importance when I make it a priority. And what we samples of are the majority. But you and minority in terms of thought, narrow-minded, and poorly taught about hip-hop and all the silly game to erase my music so no one can use it. You step on us and we'll step on you. Can't have your cake and eat it too. Talking all that jazz. Think rap's a fad, you must be mad Cause we're so bad we 
tell the truth, James Brown was old. Tell Eric and Rock came out with I Got Soul. Rap brings back O-R-N-B. And if we would not, people could have forgotten. We want to make this perfectly clear. We're talented and strong and have no fear. Of those who choose to judge but lack pizzazz. Talking all that jazz. be a boss to you we just want to get across to you that if you're talking jazz the situation is a no-win you might even get hurt my friend that's a sonic the hip-hop band and like sly and the family stone we will stand up for the music we live and play and for the song we sing today for now let us set the record straight and later on we'll have a forum and a formal debate but it's important you remember though what you reap is what you sow talking all that jazz That was Sean's song of the week, and it was Talking All That Jazz by Thessasonic. Yeah, like I said, uh, you know, I've been listening to Prince Paul uh, on this podcast and just learning. I mean, I'm learning stuff that I didn't know, and obviously about, you know, because this stuff, <laughs> been like, from when I was born in 82, they were already making music, some yeah. of these guys. So yeah. just learning. Um, it's a great podcast because they're so knowledgeable, and it's just taking you step by step through you know, kind of the evolution of hip-hop, because it's starting off with Stetsasonic and then moving on into the early 90s and working with De La Soul and, you know, with who they're meeting. And, like, with, he talked about the, there was one on Gravediggers when he was working with RZA from Wu-Tang and how, you know, he worked with Jizza before that. So it's it's just crazy to see, you know, how this history played out that affects us so much, you know. Caesar and I obviously influenced heavily by this. and Yes. You know, these guys were... <laughs> You know, sixteen, seventeen, when they started, you know, making this music and, you know, yeah. learning, you know, just pushing forward the culture. And uh, it, it's, it's, I highly recommend the podcast. It's called What Had Happened. You know, it's on wherever you get your podcast. But with uh, Open Mike Eagle and uh, Prince Paul, the first and the second season, which I can't get to, wait to get to, is uh, LP. So from mm-hmm. Run the Jewels. So mm-hmm. yeah, you know, uh, Brad was telling me about that. So yeah, but uh. Let's let's move on to the meandering questions we got. Yes. So we we call these meandering questions because we want you know we're not rapid fire. We want you guys to explain yourselves and share your wisdom and knowledge with the listeners out there. And uh, some of these are serious, some of these are not, and just we want to hear your opinions. 
Okay. So the first one, favorite restaurant in Reno. Hmm. I would have to say the little uh, barbecue place BJ's right off of Victorian. Mm -hmm. Oh, and Sparks? Uh, yeah, and yeah. Sparks. They give you one napkin. That's how you know they, they take quality. And plus, I, I like to <laughs> I, I like to go non-meat. Yeah. And they veggie, they veggie patties is fresh. They yeah. make it right then and there. So mine's will have to be the barbecue place, the BJ's, right off of Victoria and Sparks. Yeah, no, mm -hmm. I'm going to have to say uh, that new barbecue spot, Fire <laughs> and Smoke, on, uh, I think they moved to McCarran, McCarran and Glendale. Okay. If you haven't been there, yeah, check that out. All right. Proportions is Lovely. McCarran nice. and Glendale. Oh, yeah. Fire yeah. and smoke. It used to be called something else, right? It used to be over on Clear Acre? It used to be on Clear Acre, yeah. yeah. That place is good, yeah. yeah. The, Every once that's while, bomb. Like, I go get lunch there. The I, brisket I sandwich or the loaded potato. Or, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they holds it down. Oh, they right. holds it down. <laughs> nice, nice. All right. Uh, next question. What motivates uh, each of you to improve your community? Watching the young, the old, the middle age, and the state of mind that I see them in every day, I know that there's more that can be done. And until I can get reinforcements, I guess we all we got. Mm -hmm. uh, seeing what the crack era did to to my community, to my family, and seeing the after effects of that, and with no resources or help, you know, being allocated. In the community, you know, this is why I do what I do. Nice. Yes, yeah. When you need to recharge and relax, what is your go-to activity? Mm, mine's would be meditation, working out, but it's an overdue vacation that's needed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, just, you know, just getting along by myself and, and, and thanking for the blessings first because I came from up under a bridge, you know. Like, it's mm -hmm. been a... I went through hell to get to where I'm at right now, and I pay all my respects to the person that got me here. The universe, whatever you want to call mm -hmm. your higher power, take it for what you want. Mm -hmm. uh, I would say at, at first it was it was music. It was writing music. That was my way of, of channeling my energy, somewhat of therapy and counseling for myself, mm -hmm. you know what I mean, writing music. Um, now at this point in time, a good book and, and a workout, That'll do it for me. Nice. You know what I mean? A good book and a workout. All right. Um, if you had a billion dollars, what would you do? Um, I wish that question could be asked, uh, if I can allow people to think a certain way, how can I help them think a certain way? Because money can't buy you knowledge. But building some buildings to put some philosophers and some teachers in, I guess I would build that. I would build something where the, something that's not, something that attracts the kids, you know, not so much the schools because schools are there. So <laughs> it got to be a way of thinking. So I don't know what I would do there with community that. Community centers or something yeah, like that? Right. Yeah. An independent structure yeah. Yeah. For, for the development of mankind. Okay. Yeah. I like that name. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Make that happen, somebody. Yeah. Put Pop it out there in the universe. Copyright. Yes, sir. Yes, yes sir. sir. <laughs> <Get first. laughs> that came from Black Wall Street. Yeah. <laughs> it's on wax. We got it. Uh, let's see. Who is your favorite comedian and why? Martin Lawrence. Mm -hmm. Ooh, okay. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I, I can 
back when I watched TV, that <laughs> show would be my show. I Mine's could imitate. So good. Yeah, and just that he just. He, he was in his gift. Yeah. He, he, he loved what he did. And so I say Martin Lawrence for me. Nice. I would have to say Cat Williams. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because he's very intellectual and he makes the truth sound funny, but you still feel it. Mm. You, you still feel it. Nice. Yeah. I love, so I have like his first three or four on DVD, his, his specials, because those. That so dude good. is wrong, man. He is so funny. And he's telling yeah. the truth. Yeah. And you feel it, but you got to be able to laugh at it. And that that's kind of like a genius. That's what came up to me, that the comedic geniuses are the ones that tell you the truth and make you laugh at it even when it's not or shouldn't necessarily be, be funny. Yeah. Right. And he's speaking from real life experiences, too, as well. Yeah, he, he's, he's sharp. Mm-hmm. That's, right, why, that's why they silenced him off of the air. <laughs> Last question, I, he, he, he yeah, because he was on uh, uh, Atlanta. That was the last thing I saw him on. He was great on that, where he played uh, his uncle. Have you guys seen that? Oh, uh, the, the man with the alligator. Yeah, that was the alligator man. That's the alligator man. I don't think I've seen that one. <laughs> that was yeah. That was last, It was right before the shutdown. That was the last thing I seen mm-hmm. him in. He was trying to make a little comeback. Yeah. Um, but uh, last question, we asked this to all of our guests. Do you have any self care, personal products, or grooming routines? you swear by or use or tips to offer because we, we're, we're trying to get you know our fellow men out there to take better care of themselves yes. or there's so many tips or, or anything you guys swear by or use to, to make do. sure you're, you're looking and feeling right i do i fast i at least take a week out of just just pure water just just really just let my body give a break on eating the intake of it and intermittent diet as well just the intake on the body. That's all we got is that vessel that we're gonna be here to make an impact. Nice. Yeah, I'll say I would say proper eating. Stay hydrated. Put some cocoa butter on. You know, <laughs> some good lotion. It is, it is dry. Up stay here. hydrated. Yeah, because we in the high desert here in Reno, Nevada. So I always joke with my students like, hey. You guys got to start putting lotion on when you're young <laughs> so that when you get older, you still look good. Right. You, you gotta, your skin can't be, you know, it's dry out here. Yeah. You got to take care of your skin. That's, like you said, mm-hmm. you can't you can't grow a new one. <laughs> like doesn't, those alligator arms and stuff. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that, that's the meandering question. You guys, you guys made it successfully through. passed yeah. and made it through. Appreciate you for having us. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, we have Hero of the Week this week. Mm-hmm. So our Hero of the Week is Simone Biles, the gymnast, arguably the greatest gymnast of all time. She was the first woman last week to land uh, this super complicated thing on the vault. that I, It involved like three turns and multiple twists. Only two men who have ever done it, and she was the first woman, and she landed it in, in a competition on her first try perfectly. Still breaking records. Huh? And, and the thing is, is like, and it, like I read this whole thing about the racism behind it, but like usually they're judged on the difficulty of this, but like they that she's so good and so much better than everyone else that they like put the difficulty lower on this to discourage her from doing it because she would show up the rest of the competition and make everyone else look bad because mm. she's so much better than them. And they were like, like obviously they you know they were talking about how like. Whenever black people start playing a sport, they start making rules that kind of, mm-hmm. like when they outlawed, they, they were talking about when they outlawed dunking in basketball or some of these other rules they made. And like this specifically in the gymnastics world, um, because, 
it like people do it a certain way and then comes someone there she comes along and is doing something new that no one else can even do they were like it, it they they pen, they're penalizing her for her greatness basically mm-hmm. i mean every law in the law library was basically made to you know mm-hmm. penalize our greatness so mm-hmm. hey yeah she's still out there shining still she still did it she still won the competition even though like the difficult even though it's the obviously it's the hardest thing you could do and it's rated lower than what these other girls were doing and she still did it and she still won so like i said salutes to her yes. can't beat the genetics <laughs> That drive, yes. And then Caesar, you have a fuckboy of the week. This thing, know. this thing is crazy, actually. So, um, this recruiter for this like gaming company, uh, he he's he put on this on this on this thing like he sent a picture of all these girls, and is like we could get their resume, and he's like, I will help you like with somebody to like flirt with these girls, right? Then in the next thing, he's like, give me their resume and I will help you drug them as well. And I was like, what is going on? And it's for like this gaming company. They didn't put his name out. It's a Chinese gaming company. And they gave like a. Like, is this like an ad he's putting out? It's not like an ad. It's like, uh, so let's see here. Uh, Offer to drug his female coworkers in call in the, in a call for applications. And they have this like um, uh, chat that obviously their company could see and everything like that. And who's he offering it to? So online statement, a screenshot showed in this guy's name. Uh, he showed a recruiter at the gaming department. So at this big thing. So he's like trying to hire people by saying, "Hey, I'll drug my coworkers if you come to this company." Whoa! Yeah, but at first he was just like, "I'll help you flirt with him." And then all of a sudden it is like I could. This do- is wild. Yes, that's like super yeah. fuck boy shit. Yeah, and he's like, uh, give him. He's like, give me your program resume. I will help you with your flirting. You know, and then, um, and then yeah, and then he responded to his own post <laughs> on the thing. He's like, give me resumes and I can help you drug them. Damn. Yeah. I don't even know. That's that's leaving me speechless, dude. It's uh. It's wild out there. It's dangerous. Normally our fuckboys are less, uh, I don't know. Rapey? (laughs) (laughs) Gotta watch that energy, man. It's a lot of weird energy going around, you know? Yes. Yes. You gotta gotta Um, do like some jujitsu to kind of avoid it. Watch your six. (laughs) Well, last thing before we go, we have one last question for you guys. Um, what do you want people to think of when they they hear Black Wall Street Reno? Leadership building of their kids, rescuing our kids. That way we don't have to go protest and march. We don't want to go do a GoFundMe to bury somebody. We want to do a GoFundMe to go send them to college, go play a sport, to live their lives. They shouldn't have to be positive. About. Yeah, positive yeah. community impact. Yeah, positive and community. This impact. Sunday, we want to ask everybody to come out to uh, 351 South Wales. We're doing a 100 balloon release in remembrance of the massacre of Black Wall Street mm-hmm. nice. at Stewart Park this okay. Sunday, the 30th. So tell everyone where they can find Black Wall Street, the, your websites, and uh, if they want to support, uh, how can they get in touch with you guys? You can find us at 
On Facebook, we have Black Wall Street Reno, as well as blackwallstreetreno.org. And you can find us at 351 South Wales, Suite 100, upstairs above the Tapatio Market. <laughs> you know, come volunteer <laughs> some time. Some knowledge. Come host a class. You're more than welcome. Let's get this community empowerment going. Power to the people. Yes. Yep. Thank you guys for having us. Yeah, yeah you guys Thanks have any other events you yeah. want to you wanna plug besides the thing on Sunday? The museum. Um, yeah, we have the Black Wall Street Museum at the Nevada Art Museum. It's up and open until June 28th. It's free to the public. You know, come check it out. Spread some awareness. Also, June 12th at Stewart Park. Um, in community support of the Black Business Student Association at UNR, we're having a bake sale event for the community in which we're helping them with a community fridge project. So that's for the low incomes in the community, uh, single parent houses that may need something. Uh, they can come get it from Black Wall Street out the community fridge, nice. you know, free of charge. It's all about community support and community empowerment. Awesome. Thank you guys again mm. so much for joining us. Thank All you, you listeners out us. there, mm. you know, get involved and make sure uh, you check out, at least check out their website and see what they're doing and see how you can help uh, empower and better your community. And make sure you tune in every Friday night so you can listen to Caesar and I uh, on 97.7 K-Wink where we play nothing but the best in all things hip-hop. Yeah, and don't forget to, you know, tell a friend to tell a friend about it. Yeah, comment, like, subscribe, comment, all the good share, stuff. follow, smash button, you know, subscribe, you know, what the you know, YouTube, Twitter, yeah. Facebook, we out there, we're all over the place. So until next time, this is Sean saying peace, stay hydrated, and make sure you start putting some sunscreen. Yes, <laughs> this is Della Photo. Uh, you know, respect each other out there in the street. There you have it, hip-hoppers and mark-ass busters, baby mamas and nine-to-fivers. This is another fine-ass edition of Up in the Mix with Captain Kulo, the truth, and the token white guy. I just want y'all to know, last time I got blowed, Snickers bars was a nickel. This is a.k.a. Most Death, a.k.a. El Negro, a.k.a. Grumpy, a.k.a. Jamal, left at 2.15 a.m. saying peace and hair grease. Make sure you follow at www.upinthemix.live and Della Photorino. That's D-E-L-A-F-O-T-O-R-E-N-O. So until next time, stay black. Stay black.